Welcome to this episode of the Safety Cast. Today, Belinda Oris is joined by Chris Chalet to discuss high-risk work licences. In today's episode of the Safety Cast, we'll be discussing high-risk work licences. I'm joined today by my guest, Chris Chalet, who is an Assistant State Inspector within the Third Party Verifications Team. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Belinda. Happy to be here today. Yeah, thanks for coming along. Um, what type of work requires a high-risk work licence? Great question. Um, this one's going to have a bit of a long answer. The Work Health and Safety Regulation at Schedule 3 sets out the types of work that require a high-risk work licence. And this is dependent on the type and the scope of work undertaken and the item of plant used. In total, the 29 classes of high-risk work licence, and these include 13 crane classes, which includes tower crane, self-erecting tower crane, derrick crane, portal boom crane, bridge and gantry crane, vehicle loading crane, with a capacity of 10 metre tonnes and more, non-slewing mobile crane with a capacity over 3 tonne, and slewing mobile cranes with capacities up to 20 tonne, 60 tonne, 100 tonne and over 100 tonne, concrete placing booms and reach stackers. There's three hoist classes which include personal material hoists, material hoists and boom type elevating work platform with a boom length of 11 metres or more. There's two forklift classes for the operation of a forklift or an and an order picker. Three scaffolding classes, which includes basic, intermediate and advanced. Three rigging classes, which also includes basic, intermediate and advanced. And dogging work. And we also have four pressure equipment classes covering the operation of steam engines, turbines and boilers. Okay, great. Um, if a worker is going to undertake high-risk work, what must the person engaging that worker do to ensure that the worker is authorised to do the work? Yeah, the worker must uh, have a licence to undertake the high-risk work, and high-risk work licences are nationally recognised. So when someone produces a licence, it may be an interstate licence or a New South Wales licence. So when engaging a worker, there's a duty to ensure that the licence has been inspected and a record of the evidence produced is kept for at least one year after the high-risk work was carried out. Okay. When checking the licence, ensure that the class of work is the one required for the work that that person is going to undertake. Some licences may only have the highest class of work marked on it. So, for example, the licence may only show an advanced rigging. However, because the rigging classes are hierarchical, the licence holder is also authorised to undertake the prerequisite classes, which includes dogging, basic and intermediate rigging. So it's important to have a look at the, uh, the classes that are marked on the licence. Also check that the licence has not expired. Irish work licences expire every five years, and if they are not renewed before the expiry date, the person is not authorised to do the work after that date. When you're checking the licence, you should notice that the licence will have the issuing authority's information on it, It'll have a license number, which should start with a HRW prefix. It will have the license holder's name, photograph, date of birth, and it should be signed by the license holder. The license will identify the high-risk work license class uh, and have a description of what that class is. And the date granted and the expiry date will also be marked on the license. Okay, that sounds pretty clear. Um, is there a way that businesses can check that that worker's license um, is actually valid? Yes, yeah, great question. So if the licence is a Safe Work New South Wales issued high-risk work licence, the status of the licence can be checked online and we've got a uh, website for that and that's www.licensecheck.newsouthwales.gov.au. So you can check a New South Wales licence there. 
If it's an interstate license, um, most of the uh, jurisdictions have their own systems for checking those licenses. So some states have electronic systems like ours. Otherwise, you can actually contact the uh, the jurisdiction via phone. A license check will provide the most up-to-date status and validate the license. Okay, Ta. Um, if someone wants to get their high-risk work license, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, there's a bit of a process involved. Uh, for someone to be eligible to obtain a high-risk work license, they'll need to be trained and assessed in the unit of competency by a registered training organisation that has entered into an agreement with Safe Work New South Wales. You can find out who these RTOs are by visiting our website and searching high-risk work license and then clicking on the link that says you can find a trainer online. Eligibility includes that the applicant will need to be able to use English to a level that enables the safe performance of high-risk work and they must be at least 18 years old. They must be assessed as competent in the class of work by Safe Work New South Wales accredited assessor. So after undertaking the high-risk work licence assessment and if they're deemed competent, they'll receive a notice of satisfactory assessment an application form and an information sheet which explains the final application process. So once the application has been submitted, they are then authorised to undertake the high-risk work. So they'll be able to use the uh, pink copy of the National Assessments Instrument. If a worker has a licence, is there anything else a person conducting a business or undertaking must do before allowing them to undertake the licence required work? Yeah, the PCBU must ensure that the licence holder is competent to undertake the required work. Just because the person holds a licence, it should not be assumed that they know everything about the particular type of plant that they may be required to use. PCBU should ensure that adequate instruction, training and supervision is provided. So as an example, a forklift licence allows the operation of a forklift. But there are that many different types of forklift trucks out there. Um, as an example, reach style, narrow aisle, rough terrain, or even container forklifts. So the license holder may not have actually operated the style of forklift that is at your specific workplace. So they need to be provided with the instruction and training in the particular item of plant. Okay, so um, is there anything a PCBU should do if they have a worker who's just been issued with a new high-risk work license or a new class? Yeah, check the worker's level of experience. Okay, the license is new and the work they're going to do is high risk. So be realistic about your expectations. You need to provide them with support, supervision, instruction and training. Discuss the risks and hazards with them and ensure that they are familiar with the plant and the equipment. But over time, with the right support, communication and planning, they will develop the skills and experience required and increase their capability. Um, where should the license holder keep their license? Yeah, the requirements uh, is that the, the license holder must keep the license document available for inspection. Uh, so we recommend uh, where possible that the license should be with the worker so that they can make it available when required. Um, what can happen if a person um, undertakes some high risk work and they don't hold a license? Yeah, there's um, some pretty heavy fines. If a business directs or allows a person to undertake work or a person undertakes work that requires a license, uh, and they don't have a valid licence, the penalties may apply. So the fixed penalty for a PCBU is uh, $3,600. And for an individual, they may face a fine of $720. And uh, if it goes to court, the courts may impose an even higher penalty. Okay. Um, what could happen if a licence holder puts anyone at risk of injury? 
Sofric may suspend or cancel a high risk work license if satisfied that the license holder has failed to take reasonable care to carry out the high risk work safely and competently, and in circumstances where the work may involve an imminent serious risk to health and safety of any person, the high risk work license may be suspended immediately. That's good to know. Um, where can workers and businesses get more information about high risk work licensing? Yeah, basically our, uh, the Safe Work website is the best place to start. Um, so when you open that website, just search high risk work license in the search tab, and this will provide all the information in relation to high risk work licenses, including the classes, what work can be covered under each class, and even how to get a license. Uh, so it explains some of the stuff that I've already explained before. Um, and if you have any questions that is not covered on the uh, web, uh, you can actually call our contact centre on uh, 131050. Or if you would like to request information electronically, you need to complete the customer inquiry form, which is located in the contact us section of our website. Great, thanks so much. And thanks for tuning in to this safety cast and very special thanks to my colleague and guest, Chris Jalay, for sharing those insights regarding high-risk work licenses. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Safety Cast. For more information on this topic, visit our website www.safework.nsw.gov.au or phone 13 10 50. And if you see an issue out on site, please call 13 10 50 or use the Speak Up app. Please share this recording with your industry colleagues and keep an eye out for future recordings.